Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Final hour of power here on this Sunday afternoon edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Taking you up to 3 o'clock before I guess I hand things over to the real youngest in charge movement. Toby all times are coming up 3 to 6 right here on the fan. We've been talking quarterback pretty much all show long here. If you're just now tapping into the show, I'll reset the commentary for you here real quick. Washington has a massive decision to make this offseason when it comes to the quarterback position. But pick up your glasses, people. It's about that time. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. There are so many different avenues. Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, and company could go down. And one of those avenues, I think, should be allowing Sam Howell to compete for the starting job here at quarterback. David Harrison, get ready to join us right now via the BetQL guest hotline. You can give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82. He is the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82. David, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I am good. Before we get into the quarterback discussion, there was something that you tweeted out uh, during Dan Quinn's introductory press conference, or it was either during that or during the coordinator's press conferences, that really stood mm-hmm. out to me. You talked about, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the type of leadership style that Dan yeah. Quinn has in comparison to Ron Rivera. And I don't want to butcher the phrase that you use. I think you know what I'm talking about. If you could recite it here real quick. Uh, you're probably talking about servant leadership. The is servant, that, is that what yes, you're referring to? servant leadership. I, I thought it perfectly encapsules what Dan Quinn yeah. and his staff is and what Ron's staff wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the phrase servant leadership, you know, it's, it's definitely not my phrase. It's something that I learned uh, as a leader myself in the military. It's basically mm-hmm. just understanding that leadership is not a title. Leadership is, is not, you know, uh, it's, not a, it's not something you get hired to do. It's leadership is an action. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it requires doing things. And, and the best form of leadership, at least in my opinion, and everybody certainly is entitled to their own, is servant leadership. Understanding that your role as a leader isn't to – just be in charge of people and tell people what to do. Typically, it does also involve that kind of thing. But you have the responsibility to those people. You know what I mean? And in yeah. some way, shape, or form, uh, you can even look at it as you work for them. It's your job and uh, you know, to take care of them, to put them in position to be successful. And, yeah, that involves you telling them where to go, where to stand, how to stand sometimes, and all those things. Uh, but at the end of the day, everything that you are doing, even when you're telling them what to do, is intent on making them better and setting them up for success. So in that, in that way – uh, even when you're dictating what they're doing, you're doing it for them. And so, therefore, again, it's a service. It's not, you know, we, we in our society, a lot of times we just, we confuse being in charge with leadership. And that's not, uh, you know, most of the time, that's that's not what it is. And if you're focused on just being in charge, uh, you know, I would say it's more likely than not that you're not actually leading anybody. You're just, you're just dictating to them. And, you know, um, so that's just, you know, just talking to this new coaching staff, it's just what you hear a lot of uh, from them. Um, one of the questions I asked Joe Witt Jr., uh, during his introductory press conferences, what his you know techniques or tactics are when a person mm-hmm. doesn't understand the message, because you know when you when you talk about 
delivering messages. You obviously you have the you, know, you have you have the message itself, which is obviously important, but you also have the communicator and the receiver. And sometimes the receiver and communicator aren't on the same page as far as how to understand the concept. Yep. And it's important to close that gap. And sometimes you'll see people in leadership roles who put it on the receiver and said, Well, you know, I'm explaining this in English and if you don't understand it, you just don't get it and, and that's your problem. But a true leader, again talking about service, right? will say exactly what Joe Witt Jr. said, is yep. that the message is not getting through to the person that I'm communicating with. I need to find a new way to deliver that message or else I'm a failure. Uh, and that's what, you know, uh, I mean, you guys don't get to see it during the press conferences, obviously, but as soon as he starts saying it, Linnell, I've got a big, big old smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just because that's, that's, that's leadership. And, and yep. you know, and, and again, it's words right now, mm-hmm. you know, and I've heard people speak those kinds of words before and then the action never follows through or doesn't follow through. So we have to see if the action follows through. But uh, as far as the, the words themselves and the, and the theories and, and all that stuff, they're certainly in place and, and they're certainly being spoken. So, uh, you know, if that's the true approach to this, then I think players are going to really enjoy working for the staff, playing for the staff, and, uh, you know, they, they have the chance to be successful there. I think, first of all, the question was phenomenal. And then I, I keep going back to the servant leadership thing because – I just look at these two coaching staffs talking about the one in place here now and the one that was here prior. It's just a breath of fresh air, and it really feels like a night and day difference in terms of uh, how responsibilities and duties are going to be, you know, allocated throughout the staff. And I'm just excited Mm -hmm. to see it come to fruition. And if you're a player, uh, you should be excited about as well. David, the one thing that, you know, we've been talking about, though, before we had you on is the quarterback position. It's obviously a massive uh, decision that Washington's going to have to make this offseason and when you look at it from a bird's eye view, there's just a bevy of different ways they could ultimately go at the quarterback position. But for me, David, right. right, no matter which avenue they go, whether if they decide they love Caleb and they want to trade up to one, whether they stand pat at two and take a quarterback, whether they trade back up into the first round for a young signal caller, no matter who ends up here uh, come minicamp, I think they should have to compete with Sam Howe for this starting job. When I say that, what response does it get out of you? I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, nobody, nobody should be handed a starting job. You know I mean? Everybody that gets a starting job uh, in the national football league should earn it. And then there's multiple ways to do that. You know I mean? If, if, if Patrick Mahomes becomes an unrestricted free agent and you sign him, I think that his <laughs> reputation, his performance before arriving to your organization, right. he's earned the opportunity to be your starter from day one. Um, but, you know, uh, talking about a college prospect, uh, who may have done a lot of great things in college, and, that, and that's that's great, but that's a different level of football. It's a different type of football uh, that doesn't earn you, you know, it earns you uh, the the pride of being a, a first round draft pick. It earns you the multi million dollar contract. It earns you the accolades and and the nice suit and the being on the stage if you choose to be when you get drafted. But it doesn't earn you anything past that. You know what I mean? Um, right. And Sam Howell, with his performances, I think he showed a lot of positives. I think you certainly. When you look at the physical tools that you need in a, in a franchise-leading quarterback, uh, I think that Sam Howell has, has shown that he has those tools. When you talk about the mental tools, you've seen moments where he demonstrates the mental tools necessary. You've also seen a lot of moments where uh, he doesn't take advantage of those mental tools. Because the, the, the thing about mentality is if it's there, it, it's there. It's just right. whether or not you draw it out and whether you pull it out in a in time of need. And certainly there were a lot of moments, especially down the stretch, where Sam Howell wasn't able to do that. And, you know, there's multiple reasons why that could be possible. But either way, I don't think either quarterback, when you talk about a, a young rookie or Sam Howell himself, has uh, earned the right to, to just stay claim to the starting job in Washington. So I think no matter what approach they take, so even looking at the free agent market, there's not a quarterback out there that I think has a resume that if you sign one of these guys, whether it be, 
you know, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, someone like that. Well, well, well David, know, I, I will push are, back. I push back a little bit on the Kirk thing, a little bit. But I, mean, I, I get Cousins what you're saying. Is, yeah, the, the big thing about Kirk is just when you when you listen to Cliff Kingsbury talk and you listen to coaching staff talk and the things that you need in today's NFL, you need obviously the arm, the accuracy, uh, the leadership, the, the confidence, but you also need the mobility and the, and the ability to to, to right. extend the play. And that's where I have questions with Kirk Cousins, especially coming off the injuries coming off of. Is it, can you do enough to navigate the pocket? It doesn't mean you got to be a runner like Lamar Jackson, but can right. you navigate the pocket enough to keep plays alive? That's the only place I would have question there, but that's fair. You know what I mean? And if Dan Quinn and, and this staff thinks that Kirk has done enough in his career in Minnesota and Washington before that to have earned that spot, then so be it. That's their decision to make, not mine. But I think the, the, as long as the spirit of it is being made and this player has earned this this opportunity in this this position, you know, someone's got to start as number one. Right. So coming from that, you know, aspect, someone's got to earn that first crack at taking the first snap of training camp, mini camps, and all that stuff. But uh, taking the first snap of you know your first mini camp or quarterback school or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, is a far cry from taking the first snap to start the season <laughs> and certainly being the starter in the season. For sure, and I think just based on the way the the off season calendar works, I would fully expect Sam Howell to get the first crack when the first phase of the offseason starts because the draft won't be completed at that point, right? Well, I'll tell you this, Linnell. I will, I will, if, if I were in that interview room with the Washington Commanders at the NFL Scouting Combine coming up here in, in, a, in a little over a week, um, I think the first, one of the first things I would say to these young quarterback prospects is, you know, look, we're, we're at number two. You know, franchises traditionally consider quarterbacks at number two because of a lot of obvious reasons. But I will tell you that Sam Howell is in his third year in the NFL. He's got experience with this roster, with this team. So he's probably going to start uh, our offseason workout programs and our training camp as the number one quarterback, and you're going to come in with yep. the second team. And I want to see if that quarterback flinches. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. and a lot of time we have these conversations of, you know, if you're going to draft a guy number one, number two, whatever it is, you do everything you can to protect their ego and all this other stuff. I would I would counter that uh, and say if you need to protect his ego, he's not worth the number two overall pick because yep. the most the most valuable position on a football team is not the quarterback. It's the starting quarterback. Right. And I think that's something that Jacoby Brissett really kind of displayed and understood in his time backing up Sam Howell, even when he came out there and balled out against the Rams in the, in the first real appearance he had and almost brought them back to a win. Uh, when he was in the locker room at the podium, he, what did he do? He supported Sam Howell. He understands right. that the starting quarterback was still Sam Howell at that time. And it's as a member of that team, it's his job to make sure that he's supporting that player because the starting quarterback is the most important player on that team. So if I'm going to draft a kid, I want to make sure he's not a guy that wants to be the starting quarterback. He's a guy that is going to earn the starting quarterback job. David, I think you put that just beautifully, my friend. We're on the phone right now with David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. You can check that out wherever you download your podcast. It's on YouTube as well. Make sure you give David a follow at dharrison82. And, David, I always, and I don't know how much you like people to know your background, but I always think the way you look at professional sports and the NFL in particular you see it through a different lens because of the time that you spent serving our country, man. And it really gives you a different perspective on leadership and how to, you know, navigate different personalities. So that's why I love chatting with you. My first mm-hmm. training camp getting to cover, it wasn't this year. It was the year prior. And that's where I finally, you know, got to meet you out in person. And one thing that me and you talked about throughout camp is, wow, this young fifth round rookie, Sam Howe, for it was like 13 or 14 straight practices. David, if you remember, was the first mm-hmm. guy on the field. And then the last guy to leave because he was putting in work with Ken Zampezi post-practice. So for all the shortcomings that Sam had last year down the stretch, I think we can agree that it's him failing and succeeding is not going to be about him not putting in the work. 
Yeah, I mean, from what we get to observe, that's certainly, you know, I think that's certainly fair. You know, right. I, I don't think we've ever seen Sam Howell take a rep off or, or anything like that. And, you know, when, when he's in the locker room, uh, you know, oftentimes when you go up to walk or to, to talk to him, uh, he's usually got an iPad in his hands. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's, he's a guy who uh, he immediately in the locker room will kind of jump in and then kind of start talking about, you know, things that have gone right, things that have gone wrong. I talked to him a lot during his rookie year. Uh, you know, it was, it was a little easier during his rookie year because the number three quarterback, <laughs> right. a lot of guys aren't really talking to him. But I talked to him a lot about, you know, what was going on kind of on the sidelines and stuff like that while he's watching Carson and then, you know, everything going back and forth with that whole situation. And, and you know, they're talking about reads and they're talking about, you know, what could have been done differently or why something was successful, why something wasn't done successful. And, you know, you go to Coach Kingsbury and, and something that he said is that the quarterback needs to be the hardest working uh, player, you know, in the building. And I think that, uh, is absolutely true. You know, the, the quarterback, again, you know, going back to the starting quarterback being the right. most important position on the field. I mean, you're, you're literally the orchestrator of everything. You impact every single phase of the team. There's not another position on the field uh, that does that. So, you know, as long as, you know, it, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be real, you know, I mean, right. you can show up early and, and stay late, but if you're, you know, in between time, uh, kind of going back to what coach Witt said, if, if the time you're there is, is not being spent doing mm-hmm. everything you can to, prepare yourself and be better, then it doesn't matter how many hours you put in. Uh, you know, it, it's the quality of it, not the quantity of it. But, you know, I don't I don't see Sam in the meeting rooms and, and all that stuff, so I can't comment specifically on that. But, you know, just from what I do know of Sam, I certainly believe he's got the work ethic and the mentality to, to be able to get over the humps that he has as long as he feels like he's being supported by a leadership group around him that truly wants him to succeed uh, and wants him to succeed in the best way that he can succeed, not succeed in the way that they want him to succeed, if that makes sense. And I think you put that excellently, my friend. It's it's not what they want. It's what's best for the organization. And I think ultimately the shortcomings of Ron Rivera in his tenure here in Washington, I think you could point directly to quarterback and then not having a competition at the game's most important position for four straight years, I think ultimately ended up hurting that group. We all know quarterback is a big question mark here for D.C. and it's going to impact uh, the long-term outlook of the franchise. But, David, when I look at the defensive side of the football and when I look up and down this coaching staff at the former players uh, that are on this staff and former coaches that have had success in other places, it really makes me think and expect that this defense is going to be able to hit the ground running. So much so that I feel like early on in training camp and in the offseason, that defense is going to look a hell of a lot further ahead, uh, even though they're installing a new, a new system. On that side of the football, though, David, are there one or two guys in particular that you think – really stands to benefit uh, from Dan Quinn and Joe Witt? Um, I think I think Jamin Davis is someone that you have to look at and say that he has the potential to, to benefit a lot from uh, what you might expect from this defense. And, and again, uh, you know, when, when Coach Witt gets up there and says, like, this isn't going to be the Dallas defense, the Atlanta defense, Seattle, Green Bay, none of that is going to be the commander's defense. I believe him. So, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a limit to what we think we know. Uh, versus what we're going to see, but right. I, but if if what I think I know about the Joe defense or what we're about to see, um, I don't think that that Jamin Davis. I think his his responsibility as far as how much field he's responsible for and how much he has to read from the inside out of a play is going to shrink a little bit, and he's going to be allowed uh, to play a lot faster and be more decisive and and trust what he what he sees. And and if that's the case, I think that's exactly what he needs. I think he needs to be a guy uh, that's a one or two read type of guy. And, and here's your assignment or, and you know, you might have one check if this happens, here's what you do. But outside of that, once you see that one or two thing happen, you, you fire off and you go make a play because you know, it, it, it's, it's, 
Jamin is, 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 is a superb athlete. Like yes. at the end of the day, like that's what's so frustrating sometimes about some of the plays that he makes and, yeah. and all these things is it's not a, it's not an ability thing from a physical standpoint. It's, it's oftentimes you, you look at it and you assume it's a mentality thing. You go back to that run uh, that the defense gave up against New England Patriots, what was it, like 62, 65 yep. yards for Mondre Stevenson. He didn't fill his run fit. Well, why did he refill his run fit? Because, you know, it, it, it's, it's a two-sided question there because if the answer is he simply didn't cross with Cody Barton, I believe it was the other linebacker mm-hmm. on the field, if he simply didn't cross to hit his run fit, well, then why is he on the field? Right. At the end of the day, like, that's, that's what literally, literally happened to the T to the that Jamin Davis knew the call, knew the play, and said, you know what, nah, I'm not going to cross over to that gap today. Um, then why is he on the field? He shouldn't be on the field, and that's accountability of your players, and, and, and no matter what their draft position is, or if the other side of this is there were a couple of things that he was supposed to key on, didn't key on them fast enough or got confused by the key and didn't make the right play because he was hesitating, then that's a, that's a problem in simplicity of your scheme. And that goes back to what mm. we talked about with Coach Witt. If Jamin Davis is on the field not understanding his role and his responsibility, why? And at this stage in his career um, with the communicator that he's had being very consistent, the defense is playing for is very consistent, I would say that the problem is in the way that the, the message is being delivered to the player uh, versus the player probably understanding it. So, the, you know, I don't know the answer to why he didn't do what he did, um, you know, but either way, uh, one way or another, either he just didn't do it because he just decided not to do it and he shouldn't have been back on the field, so there's a failure in the leadership there, or the message wasn't delivered in a way that Jamin fully understood it and knew uh, with confidence how to execute it, and there's a failure in leadership there. So either way, you know, it, it, it all goes back to the same level. Yeah. David, I, I, could, I could make comments that would get clipped and posted on social media, but – I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything about the coaching staff from last year and how ridiculous it was how they were assembled, my friend. I'm going to leave it on the cutting room floor. I want to ask you this, though, David. Put on your GM hat here for a second. If yeah. you were Adam Peters and you had the number two overall pick in this draft, let's say there is a quarterback that you love, what do you decide to do it to? If you love him, you take him. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, you love the, if you love the guy, then you take him because if you love him, then you believe all the physical intangibles are there, the arm strength, the accuracy, the ability to negotiate the pocket, but also it's going to play when needed. And you believe that the confidence and the leadership ability is all there. So it's a, it's a total package in, in that sense. Um, to me, if you have any questions about whether or not, you know, if there's a yeah, but in here, if it's, you know, we love the arm strength, <laughs> right. we love the accuracy, we love the athleticism, but we got questions about this and you trade back. I mean, there, there's a lot of, you know, people say that, you're not you're not always picking number two, so you have to take quarterback, and that's that's a, that's a true reality of the NFL most years. But there's also the true reality in the NFL most years that you're not going to be drafting number two in a quarterback heavy class. So that's your one opportunity to trade back and collect a whole lot of draft capital for your team. But what I will tell you is, you don't have to have a Hall of Fame quarterback to win a championship. Nope. At the end of the day, you need a, a killer caliber team, and and I've always kind of said you either need a killer at the quarterback position or a killer defense. Um, but certainly you can you can build through. Uh, some other avenues there, and and you know if you if you look at this quarterback class, I think there's kind of a clear top three for most people, and then mm-hmm. after that there's a little bit of a gap. But that gap is not, you know, it's not it's not so fantastic that it's this that guys like Bo Nix and JJ McCarthy and Michael Penix Jr. just can't be successful in the NFL. It's that they might need a little bit more support, they might need a little bit more time. Well, more draft picks gives you more ability to build that support more draft picks, and, you know, and again, a lot of this boils down to the confidence that this coaching staff has in Sam Howell. Um, you know, if you feel like you have a quarterback that you are comfortable with, uh, at least to the same level as that rookie of rolling him out there as your starter, then that gives you time to let this, this person grow. Uh, and even if you go 
you know, back to your original point. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I look back at Philip Rivers, and I think he's probably the most, uh, you know, most well-known example of this. You know, somebody who's drafted fourth overall in the NFL draft the year. He comes out, and now granted, he ends up with the Chargers, but he doesn't actually become the true blue starter until, I think, his third year in the National Football League because Drew Brees came out the year that they drafted him in the top five or traded for him after he was drafted in the top five uh, and comes out and has a full bowl season. Well, if you look at Drew Brees' year before uh, the Giants slash Chargers, that whole mess, decided to go ahead and bring in a first-round top five quarterback into their organization, uh, his numbers are worse than Sam Howell's numbers. Wow. And the Chargers only won two games that year. You know what I mean? So the Chargers organization, I'll give them credit, at least some credit there, they went through, they got a top five quarterback and, you know, through camps, through training camp, through whatever, uh, they said, you know what, the guy who just won us two games and, and had a sub-60% completion rate and a sub-3% touchdown ratio, a, an over-4% interception ratio, he's the best guy for our team right now, so we're going to roll him out. And I'm sure they took a lot of criticism for drafting Eli, trading back to number four, or trading with the number four pick, whatever, to get Phillip Rivers and then not starting him. Uh, but at the end of the day, Drew Brees had a Pro Bowl assist, uh, season. The Chargers won 12 games. They went to the playoffs. They were three points away from – went in a playoff game, and I think, you know, they made the best decision for their organization. So no matter what they decide to do a quarterback, you know, at the end of the day, salaries, draft picks, you know, the, your draft status, that doesn't win games on the football field. So as long as this team does what the coaches are saying they're going to do at this point in time and make sure. the best decisions for their team moving forward uh, holistically, then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll put the best product on the field uh, they can. None of that guarantees wins. Right. But if you draft a guy number two and say, well, we have to start him because he's number two overall pick, even if he's worse than the quarterback you already have on the roster, uh, that's how you lose locker rooms. That's how you lose players. That's how you lose games. I 100% agree with you, my friend. And I would say this about Washington's situation in particular. I think out of all the QB needy teams this offseason, Washington is in the best position to have their young quarterback hit the ground running based on the infrastructure uh, that's already in place. David, I appreciate you giving me some time, my friend. Before I let you go real quick, you worried about the Mm -hmm. Nuggets coming out of the All-Star break, my man? No, I'm not worried about nothing, man. It's February. I ain't worried about nothing. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. David, I appreciate you giving me some time as always, my man. All right, boss. Appreciate you. That is David Harrison. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82 and tap in to the Locked On Commanders podcast for the latest on the Burgundy and Gold. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, I'll tell you which team, by and large, completely controls the NFL draft. It's next. You're the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Big thank you to my man David Harrison, host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, for joining us in that last segment, talking all things burgundy and gold, quarterback, defense, you name it. Make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the 220 segment for my conversation with David Harrison. Chris will have the podcast up uh, momentarily as well, so you can tap into that conversation. Always love talking ball with David Harrison. Uh, Cover the Buccaneers as well. So we've seen a couple of different NFL organizations and how they're run. And I just think that conversation, man, that we just had with David and what we've been talking about through the entirety of the show, pick your glasses up. We're at the mercy of the evaluator, people. I mean, there's so many different ways the offseason can go. There's so many different ways the quarterback decision could ultimately go as well. And I really feel like that's why I have that phrase, we're at the mercy of the evaluator. Whatever they choose to do, I'm on board for it. And when I say whatever they choose to do, I literally mean whatever they choose to do. Whether that's veteran, whether that's whether that's Drake May, whether that's Jaden Daniels. And I've been on the record saying I don't really care for Drake May like that. I think Drake May also is going to be a quarterback that probably needs to redshirt. You look at why Sam Howell had success earlier this year as he redshirted last year. I don't think Sam Howell would have hit the ground running the way he did this past year if he didn't get the opportunity to sit. You talk about the flaws in Drake May's game, footwork inconsistencies that make him inaccurate on the most routine throws. That's one of the flaws of his game being a one-read quarterback, hanging on to that first read entirely too long, that's one of his big flaws. It sounds a hell of a lot like Sam Howell. It just does. It just does. And I understand, I'm not saying that 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 Sam and Drake are the same player. I kind of am, though. But I kind of am. It's just feel like he's like a three inches taller version. He's a more physically imposing version of Sam Howell. And that doesn't mean that he can't be a damn good Pro Bowl-level quarterback. I just think it's going to take time. I don't think Drake May will be able to hit the ground running here in Washington. He may benefit from sitting behind Sam in adjusting to the speed of the NFL in knowing what open is in the NFL versus open in the ACC. There's separators. There's levels to it, as Meek Mills like to say. But I teased before we went to the break, man, there's one team that I feel like controls the entirety of the NFL draft. And it's the Chicago Bears. Never, I don't want to say never. That would be a hyperbole. But in recent memory, I can't remember a team that has been loaded with assets and capital the way the Chicago is heading into this offseason. You got the number one overall pick. You got the number nine overall pick. You have a bevy of cap space. And you got a quarterback on your roster that other teams in the NFL probably feel like they can work with. Talking about Justin Fields. So if I'm Chicago, if I'm Ryan Poles and company, 
this isn't some slam dunk easy decision for me. Just like we're at the mercy of the evaluator here in Washington, I think Chicago's at the mercy of the evaluator as well when it comes to Ryan Poles and that grade they ultimately give to Justin Fields. And for all of you out there who are haters of Justin Fields and feels as if, well, he's had three years to figure out if he's a starting quarterback. How does he not get it yet? I hear what you're saying. The last caller uh, called in and said it beautifully. Jeremiah and Fairfax had a line that I'm going to be stealing and repeating. And it applies here in Washington as well. If you've got a hole in your ceiling, right, do you fix the hole before getting a new carpet? Don't you fix the hole before getting a new carpet? I put in linoleum. Huh? La who? Linoleum. It's waterproof. Linnell, the youngest in charge movement. Chris, anyways, if there's a hole in your ceiling, ladies and gentlemen, you, you fix that hole in the ceiling. You don't go buy new carpet. So the old adage is if you got a leaky ceiling and it's screwing up your carpet, it's smelling like mildew, baby girl don't want to come visit you no more because the house is all stanked up, you don't go out and buy new carpet. You don't go out and buy a bunch of Lysol and air fresheners. You fix the damn hole in the ceiling. And I think that's the scenario that Chicago's in right now when it comes to the quarterback position. One final segment left in the show. I'll give you the tease of all teases. Pay attention. One final segment before we hand it over to Toby. When we come back, though, I'll tell you what the Chicago Bears should do with that number one overall pick. Don't go anywhere. It's the fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. One final segment here on this Sunday night edition, Sunday afternoon edition of Overtime. Toby Altires are coming up next. The alleged youngest in charge <laughs> coming up. Follow myself. He'll take you up to three o'clock. I'm excited to hear you next week, Toby. Leading in uh, to to Charlie and Dave, I believe. Are you leading into Nat Spring training? Any Nationals talk? You got to lock in for my guy Toby Altires. He'll give you some thoughts on the Commanders' quarterback situation as well at the top of his show. So make sure you keep it locked uh, for Toby Altires are coming up next. But as I mentioned before the last break, the Chicago Bears, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, let me just say this now before it happens and I get roasted on Twitter. If the commanders draft J.J. McCarthy, if the commanders draft J.J. McCarthy, y'all know how much I love Lamar Action Jackson. I may be a Ravens fan. If the commanders draft J.J. McCarthy, and I know I've been saying, oh, at the mercy of the evaluator, the hell with that. The hell with all of that. If they draft J.J. McCarthy, all bets are off. 
But what if he competes and earns the starting position? I know, I know, I know. I guess I'll have to live with it. But that would really, I told you my number one preference, which is trading up for Caleb. The thing that would get me most enraged for about 48 hours or so would be drafting J.J. McCarthy under any circumstances. With that being said, Chicago Bears, to me, and Ryan Poles, control the NFL draft. They just do. And they're in the best position, I feel like, of any franchise in the NFL moving forward that didn't qualify for the playoffs last year. Of all the teams, right, last year that didn't end up competing in the postseason, I think the Bears are in the best position right now. First overall pick, you have the ninth overall pick. They're in position to drastically upgrade the roster. If I was Ryan Poles and company, it's the old adage I used earlier. You got a hole in the ceiling and it starts leaking and the kitchen and carpet smells like mildew. You don't go buy a new carpet and go buy air freshener. You patch the hole in the ceiling. The issue the past couple of seasons with Justin Field in in Chicago hasn't been the carpet. It's been the damn hole in the ceiling. So if I'm Ryan Poles and company, I'm patching up that hole. I'm trading out of the number one overall pick. I'm getting Justin Fields another weapon. And then I'm protecting him up front along this offensive line. Whereas we talked about earlier in the show, there's just a bevy of different tackle prospects that could come in and be starters right away from rounds one through three. I think you can find starting tackles in this draft. With that being said, if I'm Chicago, I'm going out and I'm trying to see what Justin Fields has to offer. And I'm saying this as the biggest Caleb Williams backer in the world. But as I always say about young quarterbacks and their ability to have success right away, their ability to hit the ground running, it's all about fit. Can't wait to watch Act 2 of Zach Wilson. I can't wait to watch Act 2 of Justin Fields somewhere else if the Bears are stupid enough to trade him. If you're Chicago, go ahead and trade Justin Fields. Please do. I hope you trade him here to Washington because I guarantee you wherever Justin Fields ends up next, he has MVP-like potential at the quarterback position. You just got to surround him with the right pieces. And if I'm Chicago, that's what this offseason is about for me. You got Buku draft capital. You got a bunch of cap space. Go out and surround your young signal caller with weapons. And I love DJ Moore. But that was his only receiver this past year. You look up Justin's numbers when he's throwing to DJ Moore and Cole Komet, and I feel like you'd have a different outlook on what he could potentially be. Because I'm sorry, Darnell Mooney and Valus Jones aren't moving the needle for your boy. The receiving court just isn't good. Tyler Scott, right, isn't moving the needle for me. Equinemius St. Brown isn't moving the needle for me, people. So when we talk about why Justin Fields has failed in Chicago, let's really look at this thing from a bird's eye view and understand that any young quarterback in Chicago would fail, including Caleb Williams, if they decide to draft him number one overall. It's going to do it, though. For myself, Toby Altizer. Coming up next, it's a President's Day edition of The Youngest in Charge tomorrow. I'm in for Grant Danny. 
2 to 6.30 right here on The Fan. We'll be joined by our pal Mark Schofield of SB Nation. He'll talk all things NFL draft. The one thing to me that we'll talk about tomorrow as well, and we'll continue this discussion, talk about those Chicago Bears, man, and the decision that they have to make. They ultimately control the draft. What will they end up doing with that number one overall pick? We'll have a Bears expert on tomorrow as well uh, to talk all things NFL uh, before we get out of here on President's Day. Toby Altizer, coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 